It's a little questionable. It's also fine. And that's the grumpiest thing to me when I'm thinking about taking kids. owner and founder of Smart Moms Plan Disney and Smart Moms Travel. Welcome to the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. I wish I could be with you for every episode, but don't worry. I have chosen an awesome host who will be with you each and every week. I love her and I know you will too. Here's Allie. Welcome to the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast, a planning show giving you all the tips, tricks, and information you need to have a successful and enjoyable Disney vacation. So whether you are currently planning, thinking of planning, or just need your daily dose of Disney, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to be part of our first listeners. I am your host, Allie, today joined once again by Katie and LJ. Hi, ladies. How are you? Hello. I'm doing great. How are you? Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Today, we are having a perfect conversation for the three of us. We are going to be talking about the best age to bring your kids to Disney. And between us, we have a lot of children and a lot of children that spread a pretty good range of ages. Katie, how old are your kids? So right now, my oldest is six. I have a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. <laughs> and then LJ, you have five, the most of us. Yes, I have five kids. They are 13, 11, 8, 6, and 3. Wow, that's amazing. A, a huge spread there. And then I have three kids myself, my five-year-old twins that just turned five, and my oldest is eight. So we have a pretty good coverage there on... From 13 down to babies. Yeah, we, we really do. And we're kind of learning as we go there as we all venture into those Disney adults that we'll talk about later. But you've been, both of you, taking your kids to Disney pretty much their whole lives. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I, I think the youngest I've ever taken a baby was maybe around like 28 days old. Oh, wow. Wow. What was that like? It was incredible. I was nursing and I had a scooter because, you know, you're still postpartum. Yes. So I felt like it was one of the easiest trips I'd ever taken because, you know, I didn't have to walk. And, you know, babies at that age, well, most babies at that age are just content if they can have a boob in their mouth. And that's how it was Cyrus. That's how he was like he just would nurse on every ride and Disney's super friendly for nursing, so I had no issues with it. I think it's easier to take them when they're not mobile until when they start crawling and really wanting down and that kind of thing, then they they get more difficult. So if you're going to take a baby, the sooner the better. I totally agree. And I was going to ask you, I'm glad you said that that was Sai because I was wondering which of your kiddos was 28 days in the parks. What was the age of your youngest, Katie? Whenever we went on their first trip, my youngest was four months old at the time. So we were in a situation where I was pushing a single jogging stroller and my husband had our double stroller with our older two who were two and five years old at the time. And (laughs) we were getting off the bus at Animal Kingdom and somebody like congratulated me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Two strollers on a bus actually sounds quite terrible. (laughs) That's the worst thing ever to happen to you. Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty awful. Doable, but not great. The youngest my kids were, were four months old as well. And it was my twins. We also were, we were staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge on that trip, which was fantastic. Obviously, we had a Savannah view room and we loved sitting out and looking at the animals. That was all wonderful. But it was it was hard to stay at a resort that was bus only when we had three really young kids. My oldest was only three at the time. So it was a lot of work that went into that trip, Mm -hmm. uh, which is fine because we have great memories. Obviously, I'm really glad we took it. But I would say the younger your kids are, like LJ, what you were saying, that mobile age where you're kind of in between some big milestones. That feels like work to me. And I'm glad I did it, but it it was tough. I think you hit on something that's so key and that's the transportation. For most humans, transportation is just a factor that goes into where you're going to stay. But when you have little ones, that's when transportation and getting to the park now becomes the most important factor. When I hear that somebody has a stroller, I'm like, okay, everything's different. You have to go with the best transportation. 
Yeah, it it's so important because I think people get really nervous about taking babies in parks. That is the last thing you need to be worried about. I am never worried about having a baby in the park. It's exactly what you said. Babies are just going with the flow for the most part. They can just fit into your life and your schedule and what you have planned. But the thing that intimidates me or, or maybe intimidate is the wrong word, but frustrates me or is like a big, I'm absolutely not doing it is I want to avoid folding a stroller. And I have this awesome, stroller that I actually love and a lot of people don't even know what it is but I've had it forever but it is horrible to fold I'm like the only person that can do it every time I try to teach someone they can't figure it out and I'm like it's just a feel you know you have to have a feel for it and otherwise you can't do it that to me is the hardest thing about taking a baby is folding a stroller I'm completely with you there so I have a planning group on Facebook that's planning Disney with babies toddlers and preschoolers and that's what we talk about is the best strollers to take to Disney why you should do this one why you shouldn't do that one And of course, transportation, like you guys were saying, it really does make a huge difference in whether you have a good time at Disney or a great time at Disney. (laughs) And LJ, with your kids, I know you do a lot of one-on-one or this time I'm just taking these two. And sometimes you mix and match, right? Like sometimes you have your youngest and your oldest together. What do you think is the easiest of your kiddos right now to take in that range that you have? And do you find that when you have your youngest with one of your oldest, the chemistry is off or it hinders your day? What is the balance that works well for you? I feel like it depends on the kid. It's not necessarily the age because because I feel like Ezra's just easy regardless. No matter what configuration, I can take her with anybody and she will be super helpful and, you know, go with the flow. Seth will always have an opinion and he's had an opinion when he was five, two, three, (laughs) seven. (laughs) It's probably only gotten stronger as he's, you know, now 13. And Ezra's your second oldest. Yes, she's 11. I think it's honestly personality because it's not just being a girl because Ace is just as opinionated as Seth and she's only three. So I think it's more to do with personality and knowing your child. I do know kind of just in my daily life. And if you're a mom of like a lot of kids like I am, you probably know which ones go together well. Like I know that it's probably not the best idea to take Cy and Asher. Those are my two boys that are in the middle. Cy is six and Asher's eight. And they get along really, really well. They're best friends, but they're all also the most likely to fight. So I did actually take them on a two-on-one trip one time and it went really well. You know, had to talk before, like, guys, I'm going to try this. I know you guys want to go together, but I'm not going to put up with you guys fighting and this is your one chance. And it went really well and I would take them again. But at the same time, I just know that they're not the most compatible. If Usually I like to take one of the bigger kids and one of the little kids, but If it's the older kids one-on-one, then I wouldn't want to do that at a younger one just because it gets complicated with rider switch. Now Ace is over 40 inches, so she can ride most things. But when she was under 40 inches, there's like so much that we would just mostly have to skip because what are you going to do? You know, I'm not going to (laughs) leave. Like when Seth got a little older, I would send him on rides by himself if he wanted to. Or I would look for a family that had kids in similar ages that he was. And I'd be like, hey, could my son just join up with your family and ride for this? Because I stay back with the baby. And he's so outgoing and love that. He would be like, can we find a friend family so that I can have a friend for this? That's so cute. And at Disney, you truly can. (laughs) Yeah, I totally feel that. I think you hit the nail on the head. You covered so many things that I think are really important factors. People stress so much about what age is the right age to take your kids. I don't necessarily think it's just a round number that you can land on and say, okay, boom, now I know I've got the perfect age because there are so many other things like how old are your other kiddos? How many other adults are going to be on the trip with you? What is their temperament? So I really don't think there's a bad age, right? All of us have taken extremely young babies. Gosh, having two four-month-old I just felt like a super mom at the time, you know, and I do have a wife. So maybe having two moms is a determining factor that makes taking any age really easy. But I just think you got to kind of look at your whole picture. What is going to suit everyone the best? How are you going to manage the rides that maybe your younger 
can't ride, but your older can. And Disney has some systems in place, but I don't think there's an age you should fear. Maybe that's not true. I think like two is a little bit of a scary age just for me in oh, general. Oh, no, girl. Oh, I, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta disagree with you. I don't think there's really a perfect age. I was like begged to differ because I think the perfect age is the day before their third birthday. So they don't age on Disney property. That's the law of Walt. So if you bring a two-year-old that hasn't yet turned three, they're free for their whole trip. I agree with that. The terrible twos are like the early two, a rougher time. So when they're about to turn three or towards their third birthday, that's the perfect I completely agree with that. I would say like the kiddo you're talking about in my mind is three. I'm talking that 18 month, just turned two, kind of still hobble while they walk, but don't want to be held. Yes. Yes. That's, that's (laughs) probably my least favorite. It is the real, (laughs) it's a situation. Yeah. That's the phase that I'm just getting into now with my youngest where (laughs) she doesn't want to be in a stroller anymore. She wants to be up walking with the big kids and she has opinions about what we go do. She will stand her ground and shout. (laughs) Approaching that terrible two mark that you were talking about. (laughs) It's hard. Have you all ever potty trained at Disney? I have a strong policy and I will tell anybody, do not potty train before you go to Disney. Keep them in diapers and then it will be easier because even like a newly potty trained or has, you know, even Ace, she's been potty trained for probably about a year she still has those moments when she really has to go and it's immediate. And you don't want those moments when you're standing in line. You don't want to be doing the thing where you're like, do you have to pee? We're about to get in this line because they just don't have as good a control of their bladders at that point. So I always say if you're on the cusp, just take them in diapers. Don't even worry about it. I'm also just in general a mom that's why are we pressuring people to potty train early? I wait to potty train until my children are ready. Like Ace was maybe like three and a half. Totally. And I'm still a fan of even if your kiddo is potty trained, but they're at that young age, just pull ups in the park. Yes. You know, it, it don't push it. It's just going to stress you out. I'm not really sure why. You know, it's we don't have to, anything to prove. If you have a baby in the park, you've already proved enough. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> My four year old, we get to go about once a week now that we've moved down here. And she is she's been really stubborn to potty train like at home she's not that reliable because she's not motivated but at disney we'll put her in pull-ups and she thinks it's great to go potty in the tangled bathroom to go potty in the star wars bathroom she, she's a more reliable potty trainer at disney than at home <laughs> that's a good point that's interesting i think i'm also i mean obviously even though lj you have some older kids and young teens we all still have kids that feel like babies to us and under. So we're naturally focusing on that a bit. But I have also spent a lot of my time at Disney with my kids kind of dreaming and thinking about that older age and the things in our Disneying. Of course, I'm going to miss so many of the special things we get to do now and the way Disney is now. But I'm already thinking about how much fun we're going to have when I have older kids like park warriors the way that I want to be and maybe can't be all the time. And I I just think that's going to be as much fun, if not more fun than I'm having right now with my little ones. I agree. There's been a change. Uh, and just taking my big kids, I think you're right with like the five because inside guy still feels like a little kid to me. He's six. Asher is eight. And from him up, I feel like it's a very different situation. And when I do one-on-one trips where I just have a big kid with me, it is, it's a different ball game. Like it, it life is just so, so much easier. You're just, yes. I heard that saying that moms don't go on vacation. They just parent their kids in different cities. And I feel like I feel that to my core with my three and six year old. We just came back from Disneyland and it very much felt like I'm just parenting in another place where I don't have my stuff, you know, but I feel that kids, it's, it's so much easier. They just, they're so much less needy. Seth is now at the age where I can let him go to the bathroom on his own. Even I felt safe enough to let him go completely on his own at the airport when we were in Austin. So the bathroom was right there. We could see it. And I was like, yeah, I feel fine. And that, that felt to me like a turning point in my life. I just let one of my kids go to the bathroom on their own. (laughs) 
not needing to like accompany them to every little thing is a big turning point. You know, that what you just said, momming in another city without my stuff is so relatable. Do you know the one exception to that, though? What do you think? Oh, I know. The exception to that mentality is a Disney cruise. That is the one vacation that I take with my family and you can take any age and you are not momming on another location. That is the most relaxed vacation my family takes. It is a different ball game and it is absolutely amazing. Maybe it's just me, but we just came back from a cruise in November. So it's been like a couple of months and I didn't feel like it was as relaxing as I wanted it to be just because Ace wanted me all the time. She did not want to stay in the kids club. She was constantly wanting to go to the kids club, but then not wanting to be there. So wanting her to be picked back up pretty quickly. And we had our nanny with us. So she would run down and get her, but then Ace would be right back. And I don't know if it was just Ace at that age. So I didn't really want to be in the kids club either, but my other kids, I barely saw them. Do your little ones stay at the kids club? Mine do. Yeah. And it was so cute too. I I mean, it truly is the most relaxing vacation my family takes. We have so much fun because we have such a good balance of family time, alone time, adult time, kids. I mean, it's, it's perfect balance. And I actually thought it was so cute because my son will sometimes be our neediest. And so we would be doing some event that was adults only. And I would get a message in my navigation app that would say, you know, your son wants to be picked up. And I would go down there and he would just say, I just wanted a hug. And he would hug me and then run away. So, I mean, we could, we're going to talk a lot about Disney cruises on this show, but I just, every time somebody says that, that's where my brain goes, because I really feel like you're momming and enjoying and relaxing on a Disney cruise. But in the parks, that's one of the reasons I love Disney vacations as a family, because when you go to the beach or a city or whatever it is that your family does for vacation, if it's not Disney, you're kind of having to really juggle this balancing act of what's going to make this person in my family happy and this one. And what's the one thing you want to do? And not everybody can do the same things. And I just kind of feel like on a Disney vacation, everyone is just naturally doing the same thing. Even your 13 year old is going to ride small world with you. (laughs) And, and that's fine. And there are ways to split off, but you're all fine to be in magic kingdom. And maybe you're going to ride Winnie the Pooh, which I know you love. I do. (laughs) And Katie, I know you love, you guys love Winnie the Pooh. And, you know, maybe your older kids are going to want to ride Space Mountain and you can split off. But it's fine that you're all in Magic Kingdom and you're in the one place. And I think that's why Disney feels so easy, even when it feels hard when you have little ones. I was going to say, too, I'm so impressed with the Disney water parks. I know that we don't really talk about them super often, but if you go to Blizzard Beach, they have the new frozen splash pad area and things like that. But they have like a family raft ride that my 18 month old was able to ride on. And same thing at Typhoon Lagoon. Whenever we went for the first time with with the kids, I was just blown away because usually at a water park, you're juggling the kids while, you know, the husband gets to go ride the slides. Then you switch off and you get to go do that even in the water parks it's so much more accessible for the whole family i was blown away that my 18 month old was on the family raft ride with us exactly i love that there everything is accommodating for every age so we've covered a lot about babies obviously we've naturally drifted there because we all have them but every age can really have a sweet spot so i want to talk a little bit about the different sort of age brackets that you can experience the the best parts of Disney with? So I have taken kids at every age. Like my oldest is 13, but my older brother has kids that are much older than mine. And I've taken them to Disney also. So I feel like I can chime in on some different, just some differences about the different ages. So I feel like we covered babies and toddlers. So let's talk about preschoolers. And both of you guys are there. Give me like the best parts of it and the worst parts of it. I am seeing that my preschoolers are able to last a little bit longer and recognize a little bit more. So where when they were babies, maybe it was just the colors or the sounds that were really captivating them. And of course, they recognized Mickey from a young age. But now they're they're finding and drifting the to the things that they already know and love and have connections with. And to see them recognize something and run to it is really, really special. And they're starting to sort of grow into 
being able to ride last trip, they got to ride Soren for the first time. And that felt like such a huge milestone. They rode Tower of Terror with us. That was a huge milestone. And I know on this upcoming trip, we're going to knock a bunch more off. And that just feels so exciting. I'm with you on that. See, my preschooler, she's like the daredevil of our family. My older kiddo is more of a shy rider. <laughs> so I'm experiencing with her where she's starting to reach those height requirements that she hadn't before. And she's so excited for, like you said, Tower of Terror. My kiddos watch the ride-throughs all the time on YouTube. (laughs) And so they like psych themselves up for it. And whenever we told them that they could do it, my four-year-old was over the moon about it. She is so excited to do any ride that she can get in there. And she's a thrill junkie in the making. (laughs) Do you have any shy riders, LJ, or are all of yours thrill junkies? All of mine, I feel like I've just brainwashed them from the womb. They are all into it. I would say Ace was the most hesitant. She was very, very scared of Figment. Ah, Um, That's funny. That's right on, you know, Big Thunder Mountain with no problem. So yeah, they've been cultivated from a very young age to love it. That's how I feel about mine as well. And if they ever are hesitant, that's fine. Let's just give it a try once, you know, ride it this one time. If it's not for you, we could talk about that. You don't have to do it again, but just give it a try. And then every time they love it, they all will do it all. That is absolutely the kind of parent that I am as well, where, I mean, it's okay to be scared, but it's not okay to be scared and not try. If you are scared after you try, or if it's just not for you, then I'm not going to push you into it or anything. But I mean, she was legitimately terrified of Figment. That's the conversation we had was like, let's just try it. I love this one. And I loved it when I was a little girl. So I think you're probably going to like it. And then if you hate it afterwards, this will be the only time you ever ride it. And she loved it. And I feel like I talked to a a lot of clients when I'm working as a travel agent for smart moms that will say, well, my kids are just too scared of the rides. And a lot of times that is my advice to them is just give it a try, you know, encourage them to try because I really believe the fear is just sort of, it's going to dissipate once, once they get on the ride. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the fun to me, right? The nerves building up to an attraction that becomes part of what you enjoy as a rider. It's really just a new experience that they haven't experienced before. It serves them well growing up to face those things and to say, oh, you know, this is how life is going to be. I'm going to run into things that I feel a little bit hesitant to do. But if I get through that moment, it might result in something that I really love and enjoy. And I would hate for them to not learn that until they're older or some people don't learn it at all, I feel like. So that is one of the great things at Disney is that it presents these opportunities for my kids. My kids are homeschooled. So Disney is part of his regular life. And I see him picking up the things that he's perhaps missing by not being in school, by being in in, around people and by being around my agent's kids and the different opportunities that we've had through Disney. So I used to say homeschooled via Disney. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's the dream. I look forward to having, I, I mentioned this briefly, really older kids, teenagers that especially in our family's case and and yours as well, both of you have grown up going to Disney and getting to sort of watch it evolve because we all take adult trips, all three of us, Mm -hmm. where our kids aren't even there. And we have found a level of appreciation as adults. And I just know that there's a layer of Disney that my family hasn't unlocked yet. That when I have two 14-year-olds and a 17-year-old, we're still going to be able to go and we're still going to be able to have such a great time. And even though the magic will be different, we're going to unlock something so special. The ability to just hang out together in a more relatable way while enjoying these things that we've all grown to love over the years. I have to say too, my family could not afford to take us to Disney growing up. I'm the third of seven kids in my family growing up. So I get the big family dynamic. My very first Disney experience, I was with a school group. I had just graduated high school and we were taking a trip over the summer to Disney. And so they gave us one day that we could go to Magic Kingdom. And I had been seeing the commercials my whole life. And I had all these friends that were telling me about how great Disney was, but I could never be there. And I was walking into Magic Kingdom as an 18-year-old for the first time. I was a little bit unprepared for what I was going to experience because I had gone to my local amusement park my whole life, but I had never been to Disney. And it's just so different because of that magic factor. And I will never forget coming 
in the turnstile, getting on Main Street, and then you turn the corner, and there's the castle. And tears instantly started streaming down my face. And one of the Main Street actors came up to me, and he was like, is this your first visit? And I was like, yeah, it is. And he just shared a really special moment with me, and he gave me these Tinkerbell pins. He gave one for me to keep, and he said, you know, part of the magic of Disney is we want you to pay it forward to. He gave me a second pin to give to somebody else in the parks that day. From literally the first minutes that I stepped into the park as a teenager, I felt every bit of the magic as I would have as a younger kid. Please, please tell me you still have that Tinkerbell pin. It's somewhere. I think I would have that in my safety box. (laughs) Yeah, I I need to figure out where it went in the move. (laughs) Do you all think that each park caters to a different age a little better? Maybe you appreciate one park now, but you anticipate appreciating another one, maybe more as your kids get older. I do a little bit feel that way. Magic Kingdom has always been so magical for younger kids for me. I've always had a soft spot for Epcot and I felt like if my kids loved Epcot as much as I do, that it would be my favorite, but because my kids enjoy Magic Kingdom so much, that enjoyment bumps Magic Kingdom up in my eyes to be my favorite park. I think Hollywood Studios is a little bit, maybe it's just me because I do know they do a lot with like Disney Junior and that kind of thing, but I feel like it's it feels a little older to me. I feel like we will enjoy it more when my kids grow up a little bit more. Yeah, I hear that. I think back to the a little bit of brainwashing. My kids really love Hollywood Studios, I think, because I do. And I've always hyped it up so much every time we go. So they have a great time there. But I can really see us just connecting a little bit more there and enjoying it more than we already do. Because like I said, we do when they get older. And I I look very much forward to that because it's my second favorite park by far. It used to be my favorite, but Epcot's really nudging it out. See, Epcot, I feel like it's underrated because that's the park that people are like, should we skip Epcot? And I'm like, never. No, what? What are you you doing with your life? No, absolutely not. I don't know why it's underrated. Like I said, it would be my favorite. And it might be my favorite when I I have this like vision of Mike and I. And sometimes you see these older families at Disney or even older couples just hand in hand walking or like, have you ever seen the older folks on their matching scooters? That's going to be us. We're going to be ancient and we'll just roll around in our scooters. No problem. Just still doing what we love to do. And then I'll have my grown up kids there and it'll be their turn to take care of me at Disney. (laughs) (laughs) I think we are going to dive much deeper into what the perfect age is to take your kids and spoiler alert, they're all perfect, but some of them have better qualities, things to look forward to, things that might be a little frightening and we will cover it all when we come back and start with the sevens. Okay, everyone, listeners of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast, subscribers, participants, we are so excited. We have something big. Like, I cannot even believe how big this is. Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast is partnering with Smart Moms Plan Disney to give away a deluxe Disney family vacation. We are giving it away to one family. A deluxe vacation. Families of up to four will be able to stay at a Disney deluxe property for three nights with four days of tickets. Have more than four in your family? That's no problem. Families of up to six can stay in a family suite at Art of Animation and still get the four days of tickets. This would cost almost $7,500 to go book this trip on your own. And we're going to give it away to one family for free free. Also, we're moms here, so we've made it easy to enter. We know that you don't have a lot of time to waste taking forever to enter a contest, so follow the link in our show notes and on all of our social media bios, and entering will be a breeze. There are several ways to enter, and the more you do, the better chances you have of going to visit the mouse on our dime. Welcome back, everyone. We are going to start now with the sevens, where we dive deeper into today's topic, which is what is the best age to take your kids to Disney World? We are going to use the personality of each of the seven dwarfs to really dive deep and figure out if there is a best age answer to that question. I don't think there is a best time. I think LJ and Katie, you may agree with me on that, but I think we also all agree there are things about each age that are better. For sure. Something that makes me super happy. I like starting with happy dwarf because who doesn't like to be happy? (laughs) One thing that makes me happy is that 
I, as I said, have younger twins and an older daughter, and we are finally getting close to merging in heights. However, my oldest daughter is very, very tall, and my twins are very, very much on the short side. So things that she was able to ride at the age they are now, they are not yet able to. We have to utilize rider swap all of the time. And I think a lot of people hear about rider swap, but they don't exactly know what it is or how to use it. I think it's one of the best things that Disney offers because so many families have kids that can participate and kids that can't. And you don't want to take a four hour chunk out of your day for your littlest ones or have one of the parents miss an attraction because not everybody can ride. So basically what Rider Swap is, you go up, you scan whatever you're using, Magic Band, Magic Mobile, and a cast member will scan yours and your older child and the second adult. And then the first two people will wait in line in the entire queue and and the second adult can take the babies and go get a snack or meet a character or see a show, whatever it is you decide to do. Definitely park dependent. And then once the first two make it through the queue and finish, then the second adult can take the older child back through the lightning lane and not have to wait a second time. So your older kiddo gets two rides for the price of one ride queue. And both adults get to experience that with their oldest or their tallest. And I think that tool feels a little intimidating to people that have never used it, but Disney has made the process so easy and it allows everyone to experience the magic, which is what Disney's about. I love Rider Switch. I have really good blog posts about using it to the maximum. And I'm curious to ask you guys, because I told you guys before, I'm not the Lightning Lane expert. Is there still a way of using Rider Switch in combination with Lightning Lane that makes it kind of reminiscent of the Rider Switch Ninja days where you when you had fast passes? Yep, it works the same exact way. So I can get a lightning lane. You do need to get a lightning lane for both adults, but I can get a lightning lane, let's say Thunder Mountain, if my twins weren't tall enough. I can scan us in for our lightning lane and you can ride or swap, although it's not necessarily, it's not always necessary to do it that way, you know, because you're already getting the shorter line. But yes, you can. So back in the day when I was Fast Pass Ninja-ing with Rider Switch, I would book Fast Passes at 60 days out. Remember those days? I would book Mike for a Fast Pass on Big Thunder Mountain. And maybe I would put like my two biggest kids with him. And then I would put my Fast Pass for Splash Mountain. And I would put maybe whatever my other one or two kids, depending on who had tickets at that time. Then when he would go on Big Thunder, he would get a rider switch for me. And then I would not need my fast pass for that because I would use my rider switch. And then when he would go on Splash, he would use his rider switch. So we would cover two rides with only one set of fast passes. Is that possible with Lightning Lane you now? So everyone has to have a lightning lane if you're going to be doing it. So if your lightning lane is for Thunder Mountain and you only have one lightning lane, then only one person can go. So everybody would have to have it to access the lightning lane. So you can't use rider switch in in place of a lightning lane. So you would buy a lightning lane for everybody in the party that's going. So mom, dad, and like the older kiddos, right? Whenever you go up and tell them, hey, we want to do a rider swap, in a normal circumstance where you're not using Lightning Lane, parent that is hanging back, they will scan their, you know, whatever you have to give them a Lightning Lane for whenever you come back through the queue after going through the first time. But if you're using it with Lightning Lane, instead of them scanning that second adult, basically they will just scan only the kid that's riding a second time to give them like a bonus Lightning Correct. So your kiddo could essentially use Lightning Lane twice, but each adult could only use theirs once. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So they basically have closed that loophole Yeah. It still makes me happy that it's possible because you only have to wait the one time or you can figure out how to use it in tandem. But yeah, the loophole's gone. I just also, it makes me super happy that my family feels happy doing the same things. We are all content to say today is our Magic Kingdom day and tomorrow is Epcot and the next day after that is our pool day. Whereas when we're on a beach vacation, we're constantly having to say, okay, you want to go to the pool and you want to go to the beach and you want to go to the beach shop. And you know, right now it's your turn to pick what we do. And it doesn't really feel that way at Disney World for me. I agree with you there. Other thing that makes me happy is that under three are free. It just makes me literally so joyous to think 
there's moms out there that probably wouldn't take their toddlers, but with that little extra incentive, maybe they will. Right before they turn three is like my absolute favorite time to take a child. And then barring that, I do also enjoy them when they're super young and babies and they have their huge saucer eyes like staring at the fireworks. So <laughs> under three is like where it's at. And I think Disney is geniuses for making them free. We went on our first family trip. My two youngest ones were free at the time. They were both under age three. And we thought that we were planning our once in a lifetime Disney trip. (laughs) So we went and I was like, we're literally never going to go cheaper than this with the two youngest ones being under age three at this point. And we went and I, I did all the homework to plan my trip. And I finished and I said, gosh, like, why isn't this our life? Why, why is this our once in a lifetime trip? We need to, we need to flip the script here. And then, I mean, now we live here and I go once a week. So (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that once in a lifetime thing rarely works out. The other thing that just so happy is that I have been to Disney with lots of teenagers. I also went to dance studio. So I, I have a lot of teenagers in my life and I've been to Disney World with them. They are reverted right back to this level of fun and innocence and just carefree, unrestricted fun. And it's really hard to do with a 15-year-old, especially with the things that a 15-year-old goes through today with social media and things like that. And now when you get to Disney World, you just see these glimmers of versions of them that you maybe don't see in their everyday life. And it's one of the best parts about taking an older kid in my opinion. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that because I could not agree more. Just the idea that you get to see them, you get to kind of revisit the younger child when you step through those gates. And I could not agree more. I see that in my kids, even my oldest, I see him really seeming younger and happier and carefree. And I feel that way too. I, I get to see youthful, joyous LJ. So it makes sense that it happens to everybody. But as a mom, don't you mourn their ages? Like I love their birthdays, but I also am so sad to see this is a birthday month for us. And Asher's going to turn nine, which seems crazy because he's so close to being a Disney adult now. And also Ace is going to turn four. And I'm like, four really seems so much older to me than three. And I always just feel sad that they're leaving this other age behind and the idea of being able to go back to Disney and see them their younger selves emerge a bit it just it resonates I'm so glad you said that I used to be the mom that cried during every singing of happy birthday but I've noticed that even though yes I look back at pictures and I miss my younger kids and them being those you know chunky baby faces I have noticed myself just soaking in and loving every age that they turn more than the last and it's almost like as things get easier and they become more relatable and they're able to carry conversations differently and process things more fully. I am enjoying it so much. So I am, of course, a little sad when we leave an age behind, but I'm actually really excited to experience all these stages that we have ahead. I can't wait to know 11-year-old versions of my kiddos and 13-year-old versions. And even though there's a lot there that I'm anxious about, I'm actually really, really excited about it. What about thinking about when they're going to be parents, when they're going to get married and have their own kids? Like, it makes me so excited to think about. I, me too. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say, does that make me sad? But no, it does. Like, I just, I know how much fun I have with my family and we, us getting together with my brother and his family and my parents. And I'm like, gosh, this is, this is so fun, <laughs> you know? And I can't <laughs> wait until that's my kids. And I really love every stage. I think that's why I can so honestly say, I don't think there's a perfect age of a kiddo to go because I think every stage unlocks a new level. See, I'm in a unique position where I have been to Disney and obviously now as a Disney vacation planner, it's a little bit ironic <laughs> that my parents have never been to Disney. I know we're talking about the perfect age to go and everything, but honestly, the perfect age to go is whatever age you are right now because my dad just turned 61 last week, okay? And I am on the edge of my seat dying to get them down here. I have to get my parents on Soren. I have to. I am so convinced that we are going to have a magic moment whenever my parents can do Soren or the first time that they see the castle on the edge of my seat dying. So we've talked a lot about three being free. We can transition that easily into grumpy. You said Asher's turning nine. Mm-hmm. He has one more year. And then LJ's family becomes one of five adults. 
Yep. 10 years old. I mean, is your 10 year old helping pay? Is your 10 year old helping do any of the things that the actual two adults in the family are doing? Absolutely not. But it doesn't change the fact that you're going to be paying adult prices for him everywhere he goes. Ezra and Seth are complete deadbeats. They're not helping pay (laughs) for anything whatsoever. Yeah. I'm paying full price for them. For tickets and things, you know, we have annual passes, so it's a lot less painful. I understand, but where I feel it the most and where I feel like it doesn't make sense and what really makes me grumpy is in character meals. Food. They're not going to eat anywhere close to what an adult will. Well, maybe Seth would, but definitely not Ezra. And Asher is like still at the stage where he's like one chicken nugget. So I'm paying... Even with kids' prices, I'm already paying, you know, for a character meal, like $35 for that chicken nugget. And of course, you're paying for the experience and they do enjoy it. And I think that's what I always tell myself to offset. Like, yes, I'm paying a ton of money for this food right now, but it's really not about that. It's really about the characters. Yeah, I completely agree with you. The experience is worth the price, in my opinion. I'll do it every single time. I love it. Our character meals are my favorite. However, my kids are getting that same character interaction, whether I pay $35 for a chicken nugget or 54. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it's like a little frustrating because my 10-year-old with a small appetite is getting that meet and greet with Mickey. It becomes really expensive. It makes it hard. And I wonder when my, I don't have any Disney adult children yet. And when I do, I wonder how that's going to affect our character meal. For us, it has definitely affected our character meals. I mean, you're looking at like a four or $500 bill for my family to do a character meal. And obviously I have a lot of kids and already four of us are adults. So this is not typical of what a normal family would spend, but I find that it's not worth it for us to do the whole family. So what ends up happening, and luckily we have this ability, and maybe if we were coming once a year, it would feel worth it. But the way that it is now is that I typically don't do a character meal with the whole family. Poor Mike. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when the last time he did a character meal, but when it's me and just one other kid, that's when I'm more likely to do a character meal. I don't think he misses it, though. The character meal food is more typically buffets. or And I think he would rather like have better food. So I don't think he misses not doing the character meals. But you find a way. You just find a way to make it. I will out. say, too... That's like my only grumpy part about taking a kid. And that's truly not even that bad. It's a little questionable. It's also fine. And that's the grumpiest thing to me when I'm thinking about taking kids. So I can't think of another reason that I would be grumpy to take my kids at any age. I have one other grumpy thing. And we we did talk about it earlier. It is folding strollers for the bus. Like I will do almost anything. Like I like to stay at Epcot resorts because I have this plan where when you stay at Beach Club, Yacht Club or Boardwalk, you can walk to Epcot or Hollywood Studios. It's not a long walk. And then I would prefer to walk all the way through Epcot and take the monorail to Magic Kingdom. So I'm like, that's three parks that I don't have to fold my stroller up. And that was the best thing. And yes, I was willing to walk all all the way from the back of Epcot to the front to take the monorail. Now with with park hopping not starting until later, you don't really have that opportunity unless you're going to only do it in the afternoon. But oh my gosh, the things I would not do to avoid folding my stroller. So that's going to be your sleepy then, right? We can transition right into sleepy and talk about those resorts. And I think you're specifically talking about babies and toddlers, uh, probably preschoolers and even young kiddos with strollers. I also think those boardwalk resorts though, when you think up in age, so not even just stopping at that whatever age you think that stroller what do you what do you think that is what age do you think you stop the stroller well asher doesn't really need it if i'm just taking him i don't take the stroller and he's eight almost nine Sci guy doesn't ride very much but when we want to like make time i'll tell him to get in the stroller he's six so it's somewhere in between there and i feel like asher did use it at seven even so i feel like it's maybe around seven I agree. And I even think your eight or quite honestly, your nine year old, if you're on a really long trip, may find some yes, solace in a, in a stroller. And I am not going to be a stroller shamer. I think use that thing as long as you can. If your kiddo wants to sit, like go for it. And don't underestimate the fact that once you get rid of that stroller for good, some people are thinking that's a big milestone. To me, I'm already fearing it because it's like, where am I going to store all these souvenirs, all these things that I bought and all the things I brought into the park with me? I like having it for that reason. I have a friend who took her sons and they are all older kiddos that don't require a stroller at home or anything. And they rented a stroller just to put all the backpacks on, to put... 
on. It's basically your mobile locker at that point, right? Like right. it's a cool, just use it. <laughs> Yep. Exactly. So I think those boardwalk area resorts, as we're talking about sleepy, are great for every age because you have incredible pools at both boardwalk and Yacht and Beach Club, as well as the Swan and Dolphin, which is over there and able to be booked as a Disney package. And then you also have all of that free entertainment along the boardwalk, all of those musicians, magicians, sideshow acts, acrobats, things like that. Uh, there are bars and dance halls and food and desserts. It's just a great place to be for literally any age. I mean, there's arcade games out on the boardwalk. It's so fun and lively there. I would take any kiddo there. I also think if you have babies and especially if you have a double stroller, if you have a double stroller, it's almost a no You have to stay on the monorail. That is the only form of transportation, the monorail and some boats, not all boats though, where you don't have to fold your double stroller. If you have a front to back double, I can go on the Skyliner without folding mine. And I did have a wide one. I had a wide like side-by-side -side double when the Skyliner was started being a thing. And they said, okay, the wide side-by-side -side doubles have to be folded. I literally never took that one again. It's still in my garage. Hasn't been open since. And mm -hmm. I went to a, a front to back. I, I don't know what I have. It's like the city. Yeah, I think it is city select. So I can go on the Skyliner with the front to back double. So in my opinion, that is a no brainer. If you're thinking what stroller to bring, you want to bring a front to back double if that's an option at all. And the, the ones that did, that are rentable are not front to back. So you probably want to like pick up something from the Facebook marketplace and, and buy it and then sell it afterwards rather than trying to rent because I don't think they rent front to back doubles. I like the monorail. You make such a good point about the front, back, and the side-by-side. -side. I like the monorail because it doesn't matter which. And then when you have kiddos that are, if you have two kiddos and a stroller, Magic Kingdom is probably still a focus for you, right? So being on the monorail and having that quick, easy access is pretty much a no-brainer. And those resorts, of course, are the Grand Floridian, the Contemporary, and the Polynesian. My absolute favorite resort to stay at for having little kids that still need a stroller is the Contemporary. You cannot be a five-minute walk to Magic Kingdom. You have your own security entrance. That's the another pain point with bringing a stroller is, oh, I have to take my stroller over here, make sure, you know, take all the backpacks off, take the cooler off, make sure everything's out of there, walk through the metal detector. I love doing it so much faster going through that private security entrance at the Contemporary. It is such a time saver and so easy for me that I'm, I will do the Contemporary every time. <laughs> and walk also from Grand Floridian. And so that has tip the scales for the grand as well. Between the three on the monorail line, I would probably always go with the grand or the contemporary, just being able to walk because even with the poly needing to take the monorail, it adds probably 20 to 50 minutes to your transportation time. And you can walk from the grand in 17 minutes. You can walk from the contemporary in about 11 minutes. I time this myself, but I'm kind of a slow walker. So you might actually go faster. So and you can, you can technically walk from the Polynesian. It's 40 minutes. Though. Yeah, it's really long. It's a really long walk. So just if anybody's thinking, wait, I thought you could walk, you can. It's just a lot of walking on top of a long day that's going to have a lot of walking. To be honest with you, I have walked from the Transportation and Ticket Center all the way to Magic Kingdom more than once. Like I like to walk, but if the line is backed up, if I'm trying to leave Magic Kingdom right at close, you can walk from Magic Kingdom to the Grand, to the Poly, and then cross the road and you're at the Transportation and Ticket Center. I don't hate it, but I feel like the Poly and the Transportation and Ticket Center are too far for my kids. That's funny. We always stay at the Polynesian <laughs> and we take a boat and the monorail. But I, that's the thing is I like a resort that has a great location with multiple transportation options. It's funny because the resorts I don't typically drift towards are going to be like the Pop Century and the Art of Animations, All-Star Resort, you know, those things that are bus only or don't have all of the amenities that some of these other ones we're talking about have. That said, you have young kids and you're trying to be mindful of your budget. I do really like the family suites at Art of Animation for that because it's a less expensive way to get two spaces for your family, a place for your kiddos to sleep at night if you and your other adult aren't tired yet, and you have the Skyliner. So I think that's always a good one to consider. Plus, kiddos love the larger-than-life animation everywhere. I was going to talk about that, too, while we're in our sleepy category, is not just from a transportation standpoint, but the theming standpoint at all of the Disney resort hotels. They're incredible whether you're staying in those value-larger 
larger than life ones or you're staying more high end. The contemporary has the Incredibles theming. The Polynesian has the Moana theming. There's something there for everybody. And I know, Ali, you've said in the past, the parks are for the kids and the resort is for you. <laughs> yep. yep, that's how I feel about it, which is how we can transition a little bit into Sneezy because that is one of the reasons I avoid those resorts is just because I like to think that the resort is for me and for my wife and my kids have a good time no matter where we stay. Actually, they have a great time. And so that's why I've adopted that mentality and I think it works. What about parks? Are there any parks that you avoid with a specific age? Like, do you find yourself, LJ, avoiding Magic Kingdom ever when it's just Seth? No, he still loves it. Magic Kingdom does a really good job of balancing with the mountains and the different shows. I feel like they do a good job of being attractive to adults, kids, teens, and everything. To be honest, I feel like it's probably Animal Kingdom is the only one that stands out to me that isn't as kid-friendly to me. I agree with you. See, I feel the total opposite. My kids love Animal Kingdom because it's less waiting in lines, I guess. There are dinosaur and the Kilimanjaro safaris. My kids love Cali River Rapids. They would go on that all day long. But what I love about Animal Kingdom is that we can go to shows. It's It feels less like you're standing in a line for a lot of the day. <laughs> I do agree. I think that when I have focused less on rides at Animal Kingdom and focused more on the the little programs that they have for the kids, it's been more enjoyable for them. But I feel like there's fewer rides for the young ones. So, I mean, they do love the animals. It's not somewhere that they don't want to go, but I just, it always kind of feels like it's the end of my list. It's always the park I'm avoiding. And we're going to do a deep dive into all the parks and cover a little bit of why I avoid that park more than any other. But I just don't feel like there's a whole lot for my kiddos to benefit from there. It's hot. It's big. They've seen the animals. We stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge a lot. That's kind of how we get our animal fix. And then we get a better value out of the other parks. I would not recommend skipping the other three. Personally, I talked to a lot of people that are thinking a three park days is kind of their sweet spot. And my mind is always thinking Animal Kingdom is the one to avoid. And just for those reasons I mentioned, some of the ones you said, LJ, obviously Magic Kingdom has the biggest draw for the widest age range. But I think Epcot is dramatically underestimated. And I think that's our dopey. I think thinking you should skip Epcot with young kids is one of the biggest mistakes you can make because there are enough attractions and shows and different things to keep your young kiddos entertained. And certainly there's enough to entertain your middle-aged kiddos and teenagers, but that's our favorite park to utilize the stroller nap. So we do a lot of the things that my kids want. We get there early and then they take a long midday stroller nap and we just soak up that time walking world showcase as adults. And we have the best time. It happens. No fail. Every trip. It works. See, if I'm going with my kids, I would tell you, you have to go to all four parks. You have to. But the one that we would probably go to the least might be Epcot just because, and this is kind of strange because I'm a girl mom, right? And like all the princesses are around Epcot. So you would think that with World Showcase, that would be a slam dunk choice. For us, like the kids want to spend a ton of time in the seas with Nemo. They want to spend a lot of time in the land pavilion and on the Figma area. And so if I get to go around World Showcase, which is what my husband and I would love to do, if we get a date, we're going, we're going to Epcot to World Showcase. But the hard thing with little kids is they feel like they're walking forever in this loop. And thank God they brought back those friendship boats that will get you from one side of road showcase to the other but before that man that, that was a stretch for my kiddos <laughs> i think my kids would say epcot's their favorite park i think my kids really enjoy epcot but i i do see what you're saying about the walking for the kids but that's where you know you're like hey get in a stroller then but i don't know that you necessarily do less walking in any other park i just feel like it kind of feels like you're walking more because you're not as likely to stop and take breaks when you're on this big loop. Taking those breaks, I think that can go a long way to helping them with the walking factor. Like we're going to stop in America or we're going to stop here, whatever. I think that's such a good doc strategy. That is a great doc strategy. Thinking about where, when you're going to take those midday breaks and are they going to be in the parks or are they going to be out of the parks? Some of the parks, like I said, we bank on stroller naps. If you have older kids, you may not even need a midday break. If you have teenagers, you're probably start to finish 
rope drop to extended evening hours and maybe even park hopping park to park. And I do think park hopping is easier with older kids. Sometimes it can feel a little daunting with young kids, but I think using your resort midday, which is again, why having a resort with easy access is important or just mapping out where those breaks are going to be and allowing yourself to go with the flow, allow the plan to change, allow your kids to get tired or want to push further. Those are all your doc strategies that are going to build up to a successful trip, no matter what age your kids are. I just have to say, it's not even for the kids. It's for me. I'm tired and I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just me because sometimes I'm like, why is my endurance so low? I work out and everything, but I am tired and I have to, you know, just on the last one-on-one trip with Seth, he was definitely rearing to go and rearing to go. And this was about, I would say around like 2.33 PM. I don't know if this is true of everybody, but that's typically when my like mid-afternoon slump hits. Oh yeah. So I had told him he wanted to go. He was like, let's go to Slinky Dog. And I was like, you know what we're going to do? We are going to go to Starbucks and we're going to get a coffee and we're going to sit for a little while and I just need to get some rest and then we'll go to Slinky Dog after that. And the coffee definitely helped, but also just sitting for a little while. I didn't, you know, just take it and drink it. I just sat and sipped it. And then he was definitely wanting to go sooner than I was. And I had told him, you know what? You're driving me nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Go out there and people watch if you want to do something. And it actually turned into one of my favorite moments because when he was coming back and like reporting on the shirts that he liked and things that he hadn't seen before, he just saw a whole family of kids in the same bright green shirts and stuff like that. And it turned into one of our kind of favorite little scavenger hunt moments. I need that rest. So don't fail to build that in for yourself. I'm more prone to push myself And I think it's part of my personality type. I don't see that in my husband. He doesn't have that same drive. His very clear goal is to just have the best time. And sometimes I can get ahead of myself and feel like my goal is to do things. And I have to consciously shift and be like, your goal is to have the best time. Your goal is not to do everything here. I agree. And and I think I've noticed as I've gotten older and as I'm watching my kids get older, and certainly after we've taken more trips, finding myself just caring mostly about being in a park with my family. And if we miss something, it's no big deal. And of course, that mentality doesn't necessarily work for someone that doesn't go often or may not think they'll ever go again. However, I still encourage anybody that's going to figure out the plan that's going to work with your family and then be okay if it completely blows up in your face, Mm -hmm. because not everything is going to go the way you plan. I know LJ, you and I neither one of us are rope droppers, really. I personally am not getting up super early. Katie, I think you correct me if I'm wrong. I I know you don't like to get up early normally. But when it comes to Disney, are you a rope dropper? Yeah, we we're definitely rope droppers. If I'm going with my family with little kids, we're going to rope drop knowing our day is a go with the flow, take a slow pace, just enjoy things as we're there kind of day. I think that's going to be the recipe for the least amount of meltdowns also with little kids is just letting it unfold naturally. I was going to say, honestly, that is the key to having a really great Disney trip is that mindset of don't give in to the FOMO. Just enjoy each moment, whether you're there with your little kids or your teenagers or adults only or whatever. If you have this big, long bucket list that you have to check everything off, and if you miss something that's going to be catastrophic to you, you are already setting yourself up. So if you come in with this expectation or this mindset of, you know, we're just going to see what the day brings and just enjoy each thing. If you have older kiddos that are really involved in the planning, ask them, what is your one attraction that you have to do in each park? And go with that and consider everything else the cherry on top of the cake. It really comes down to that mindset. Those are great doc strategies. I mean, take the breaks where you need them. Go with the flow. Let things change. Always bring, always, always bring the stroller, which for any Smart Moms travel agents that are listening, our hidden Mickey today is stroller. I think... Even when your kids outgrow it, bring it, (laughs) use it. Those are the great strategies I have. Play games in line, just like you said, LJ. Make up games as you go to keep your kids entertained when you need a rest. 
Yep. And you can really just use all of that to a benefit and don't give in to the FOMO. To round out the sevens, we're just going to talk about bashful for a minute. And Katie, you and I were talking a little bit about people that feel bashful thinking that either they're trying to nail down the perfect window too prematurely, or maybe they missed the perfect window and their kids are too old for a first trip. I think I obviously know the answer to this, but do either of you think there's any anchor to that feeling? I will say when I see people with their first trip badges on grown adults or middle-aged or even like 50, 67 year year olds, I get this sense of, oh my gosh, they missed out on so much that they could have been coming all this time. But I also am feeling so glad they're here now. Thank God you did it. And if you're like Psy Guy, 28 days old, wearing that first trip badge, all the better. It's honestly, just go as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Go as soon as possible because you're going to want to go again, right? And give yourself time to go at every stage. Back to what Katie said about the FOMO. I felt like that was some of the best advice that we have had on this podcast ever is what Katie had just said about not giving into the FOMO. Leave some things for a future trip. Don't feel like you have to do it all the first time. Leave a few things. I try to do new things at Disney every time I go. And with as many times as I've been, you would think that maybe that wouldn't be possible, but I've always been successful when I have, I've always managed to find something. So don't feel bashful about having not gone yet or missed your window. Just don't they say no better, do better. (laughs) (laughs) Now that you know better, just do better and get, get yourself there as often as possible. Yes, exactly. My closest friend growing up has a daughter who is 13 and her son is 10 years younger. They were planning their first trip when her son was turning three at that magic aid right before you got to pay for their ticket. And I remember her saying, I feel so embarrassed. We weren't able to get our daughter there sooner and the magic's not going to be the same for her. And I said, no, don't feel embarrassed about that. Her daughter had just as great of a time as her toddler son did. She told me one of her favorite memories from that trip was sitting on the curb on Main Street and her teenage daughter is holding her toddler son and watching the magic through his eyes. I feel like we talk about that a lot as parents, seeing the magic through your little kid's eyes at Disney, but that's a benefit for older siblings too. Don't wait. You just want to build in that time to go again because chances are you're going to want to. I don't think anybody ever has the once in a lifetime trip. People say it all the time. Like this is going to be a once in a lifetime trip. The percentage on that is just extremely low. We are going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hit the lightning lane. Hey there, it's LJ, owner and founder of Smart Moms Plan Disney and Smart Moms Travel. And you know, I always like to give you my take on the topic of the day. So best ages to go. I have a few laws of LJ, which are if they're under three, they're free. So it's time now. You got to take them. Always take them before they're potty trained rather than after. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's literally so much easier to just change their diaper than it is to hunt down a potty then take them before they turn 10 if you don't want to pay Disney adult prices. There's also some things to think about with the rooms. When they're under three, they don't count as a, as a person for occupancy. So you can be staying in a four person plus a baby as a family of five if your baby is under three. So that's another thing to think about. Those are the laws of LJ. Always think about those things as you're planning your Disney trip. I like to kind of look at the landscape of what is coming up in the future. I look at when my kids are turning what age, and I like to sort of plan around those things if I can. Other than that, I think the moral of this story is the best age for them to go is right now. Whatever age they are right now is the best age. All that said, I want to go a little different direction and talk about leaning into the stage of life that you're in. I feel like I started this business, Smart Moms Plan Disney, because I went to Disney World with little kids. So I started going regularly to Disney in 2014. So nine years ago, that was the trip that we got our annual passes on. I had three kids, a newborn baby, Ezra would have been two and a half-ish, and then Seth would have been four or almost five. So those are the ages when I first started going to Disney regularly, and I right away realized that this was a very big segment of the people that are taking their kids to Disney. They're taking them when they're very little. And I leaned into that, and I started helping other moms with the different issues that come up, talking about strollers and 
and talking about rider switch and talking about all the things that you got to navigate as a mom. Where are the baby centers? Where are the best bathrooms? Where's If you've got to change a really bad diaper, where do you want to go for that? And it just really branched out and turned into this ginormous business. Just talking to other moms in Facebook groups and answering their questions, I realized there really was something here. So I started my blog and then eventually wrote my book that's all about how to go to Disney for less while not sacrificing the experience. That's called Disney World Within Reach. It's kind of outdated now. I updated it in 2018, so it's five years old. So a lot of it is outdated. The mindset still works. I've lowered the price like significantly so that if you do want to buy it and read it for the mindset and that type of thing, it's not as helpful otherwise, but I used to sell it for $77. And now I just sell it for $19 and it cost me $19 to get it to you. So I don't make money on it anymore, <laughs> which is fine. I just, I want it to be available for you if you want it. After that started Smart Moms Travel and everything has just gone from there. I, I just want to make you think in this little time that we have, I just want to make you think that you're in the season that you're in right now for a reason. You are learning and changing and growing and who knows, like something that you solve for yourself could end up helping thousands of women. So I just urge you, whether it's Disney or whether it's some other thing that you're being presented with, lean into this season and get out there and find the solutions for yourself and be a helper to those around you. And you just never know where that's going to take you in life. Maybe just planning this Disney trip now is going to totally change the trajectory of your life the way that it did for me. Maybe it's not. Maybe you're just going to have a great Disney trip. But something you say yes to right now is going to change that trajectory for you. And I say do it. Go say yes. Welcome back, everyone. It is time for our next segment, The Lightning Lane. LJ and Katie, I want fast answers. From the perspective we are talking today, ages of kiddos, you can use your own experience to draw your answers, the kids' ages as they are now. Are you ready? Yep. All right. LJ, what is your favorite big kid ride with a height requirement that not all your kids can ride yet? Uh, Seven Door Spine Train. Katie, what is your favorite ride without a height requirement? Philhar Magic. <laughs> Philhar Magic? That is not a ride. Oh my gosh. It doesn't count. <laughs> oh, but I it love counts. Reaching out. <laughs> it counts. It's just not my favorite. Uh LJ, what is your least favorite park for a baby? There's just not a good answer. I, I guess I'll just go with Animal Kingdom because there's no way to get there without taking a bus. So I would say Animal Kingdom. Great answer. Katie, what is your least favorite park for a baby? I'm going to go with Epcot again, but just for that large loop factor. <laughs> wah, wah. LJ, what is your favorite park for big kids? I'm still going to say Magic Kingdom. I know we want it to be different, but he's 13 and I just feel like he still loves it just as much as he did. Katie, what park are you anticipating is going to be the most fun with your girls when they're teenagers? Hollywood Studios, for sure. My four-year-old already loves that one, so... <laughs> Which show, LJ, would you never miss with all of your kids that they would all enjoy together? Indiana Jones. Ooh, interesting answer. That's a Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. Katie, what's better, character meet and greets or rides for babies? Character meet and greets. I will never forget the moment that my baby met Mickey. <laughs> LJ, what about you? Character meet and greets or rides for little ones? I also will say character meet and greets. You do not beat those memories. All right. And last one for you, LJ. What's better? older kids or younger kids at Disney World? They're both so fantastic in different ways. I I guess I would say it's more fun for me as they're older. Uh, that's I think you hit the nail on the head. They're all fun at different ages for different reasons. That is the point. That is the point of this conversation. Yes, there are things that are more magical in specific ways when they're younger, but then there are more things that are more fun as they get older. So you're going to find a sweet spot on every vacation. There's going to be core memories that are different on every vacation, regardless of the kids' ages. And I think unlocking those new levels of what your family can accomplish and feel together at every age of your kiddos is what makes going to Disney with kids the greatest. That is going to do it for us on the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. If you are planning, looking at planning, or ready to start planning again, and you don't already have a Smart Moms travel agent of your own, be sure to check out the link in our bio or show notes to get connected with a free agent today. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts and on all social media platforms at Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. Until next time, we'll see you real soon.